Hi, everyone. This is Eric and Yvette, and this is the Melanin Pearls podcast, episode 34. I can't believe it. A, this month has flown by. In fact, this whole entire quarter of the year has flown by. I don't know about you, Yvette, but the fact that, you know, we're closing out um, Q1 is just blowing my mind. It, it really is so much. I don't know about you folks out there, but I just feel like I blinked and it was New Year's Day and now we're at the end of the first quarter. And oh, oh and Easter's coming ah, and, in a couple and, of weeks. In a couple of weeks. That's just, I tell you. Yeah. And, and we're closing out on Women's History Month and um, it's been such a good month and I really enjoyed the episodes. I enjoy, you know, Black History Month. Then we just go into Women History Month and as Black women, this is amazing. Um, to just kind of have some targeted conversations uh, during these periods of, of time. And as we close out Women's History Month, we wanted to take this time to focus on the strength and resiliency of women. I think we know that we have this, but I think it's a good opportunity for us to talk about it. And one of my favorite quotes comes from Maya Angelou, who says, I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. That in essence is strength and resiliency and perseverance. Mm -hmm. So the woman that we're going to highlight today or during this episode persevered through difficult experiences and these strong, courageous and resilient women were not defined by their challenges, but rose above their challenges. So we're hoping to provide you with a few examples, share with you a few examples of women who have persevered, were able to rise above their circumstances and have done very amazing things. So we're going to jump in. We're just going to get started. So Yvette, how about you kick it off? Yeah, I am super excited to be able to share with you all. It's just not one woman. It's a group of women. So Erica, did you know that an all-Black women's Army Corps unit like sorted millions of pieces of mail in unheated warehouses during world war ii wow i didn't so the unit the unit is called six triple eight it was made up about of 100 850 black women who were tasked with overcoming a massive backlog of mail sorting millions and millions of pieces of mail for frontline soldiers during world war ii they traveled to Great Britain in 1945, surviving encounters with Nazi U-boats and wow. a German rocket. Yep, a German rocket exploded along the way before spending months sorting through mail and packages stacked to the ceiling in Jeez. unheated warehouses. So, wow. um, so daunting as that may be, they're like, okay. You know, no male means low morale, and we're not going to do that. We're not going to have that. These men are fighting on the front line, and we're going to get them their mail, their loved ones, their care packages. We're going to do it. So um, they actually set up a new mail tracking system, and they cleared six-month backlog of mail in just three months. And by the end of the war, the unit processed about 17 million pieces of mail. 17 million pieces of mail that was just sitting in a warehouse for months, for half a year, and they got it cleaned out, cleared out, and sorted, and sent to the recipients in three months. And isn't that so, crazy because, can I just say something real quick? Isn't that crazy yeah. because these women have done amazing, this is the first time I've ever hearing about them. I've never heard about this. And yeah. think about the impact that these women made and the World men, War II, right? And the men, the men you know? Fighting. Yeah. Come on. 
I just, it's like people, people, people. When you, when before email and, and Slack and text messages, it was snail mail, right? Packages. You remember running out to the mailbox to get your little note from your boyfriend who was coming from a different state? I remember that. I mean, yeah, I remember. Imagine, imagine fighting a war. Your people that you came over with are like dropping by, you know, like flies, right? They're dying and you miss your family and they're sending you stuff and you're worrying why they didn't send you stuff and because it's sitting in a freaking warehouse. Come on, people. And then you get 850 black women who don't look at it like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do it? They're like, okay, let's, let's, let's just get this together because that means no, no male means low morale and we're not going to have that. Not on our watch. And they cleared six months of backlog in three months, 17 million pieces of mail. Our male people can't even handle that today. Today. <laughs> today, my male, my, I don't know about you, my mailman person, whoever, I don't know, sometimes a man and sometimes a woman, they can't get it right. I'm getting other people's mail. I don't know if my mail is coming here or going to other people and if other people are going to be nice enough to give me my mail. I mean, look, look, these women, 800, 850 women, the, the six unit, they, they, they killed it, so to speak. So, but that's not the reason why I also wanted to bring them up is because World War II, y'all know what our country was like. Like much of the country, the military was segregated throughout World War II. And so black service members were faced with continuous racism. And the women of the 6888 have a lot of memories of being segregated on trains. They were spat at and demeaned by white men and women. So the unit later was then moved to France, um, and then ultimately they were just disbanded without any fanfare in 1946. So, check. so how demoralizing is that? We cleared out 17 million pieces of mail that was backed up for six months. We did it in three months, and y'all don't even say thank you. Mm. Well, there were you no. Know. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, there were no commemorative cer ceremonies for members when they came home at the end of the war. No, nothing. So the woman who led 6888, her name was Army Major Charity Early, um, and she later rose to the rank of Lieutenant Colonel, and she died in 2002. And as of last summer, there are only seven members believed to still be alive. But reason why I love President Joe Biden is that he just signed a bill on March 14th that is going to award these women the Congressional Gold Medal of Honor. That's amazing. Well deserved. Um, Should have happened yes. tons of years ago. 50 years ago, over 50 years ago. Um, so I just want to say you all look up the, the 6888 there is actually a uh, documentary that was done in 2018. It's called The 6888, No Male, Low Morale, um, and then actually celebrated the male tracking system that that battalion had created. So my hat's off to the women of this 6888. You persevered, you did it, you did it with style and grace, and you are literally the queens that have continued to pave the way for us women today. So. The black wow. women of six triple eight. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the the woman I I wanted to spotlight. Um, I don't know if you've heard her name. Her name is Lily Ledbetter. Have you heard of her? Yes. Um, I think that you know she um, 
an amazing woman. So let me, let me tell you all about her. So in 1979, Lily Ledbetter was working at Goodyear and she worked at a, as a supervisor. She worked there after being there for 19 years, right? She receives an anonymous note letting her know that she was making thousands less per year than the men in her position. Sound familiar to anybody out there? Sound familiar to you, Yvette? Yeah, yeah. So as she neared retirement, she learned that she was being paid significantly less than her male colleagues with similar seniority and experience. So she went to file a sex discrimination case against Goodyear for paying her significantly less than her male counterparts. And she successfully sued Goodyear, but the judgment was reversed by the 11th Circuit. It eventually reached the Supreme Court. And um, after, you know, at first it was, you know, originally they ruled against her uh, because of timing, you know, when she filed the suit. But they did, it then was reconsidered again. And basically it was, it was agreed upon that she wasn't, that, that there was some um, gender discrimination around that. And there was legislation passed called the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act of 2009 that restarted, there's a 180 day clock, right? Every time you file a discriminatory paycheck that is issued. And that's what ha had gotten her case um, thrown out the first time. But basically there was legislation passed in the future that allow us to be able to restart that, that um, day clock and such. But the fact that she, once she found out that there was that disparity in pay, the fact that she said, you know, I'm going to take this all the way and really work to make sure that other women don't go through what I've gone through. I think that that's pretty noble. And she she really did pave the way and did persevere um, because she did make a difference. So, I, you know, take a look at Lily Ledbetter. I mean, I recently learned about her and I just thought that that was the story of a woman picture working in a very male dominated industry, just mm. Standing up for herself, you know, and kind yeah. of making a difference. So I thought that that was someone that I really wanted to talk about and introduce today. Well, I I think I thank her. Uh, I thank you. You know, there's as women, we we need we we have to have armor. And is it armor like you're going to war? I say no because you know my armor is going to be my Christian Louboutin, my famous my my stilettos because I love those, right? It's going to be my, my my favorite color shirt or my jeans or whatever. But my armor really is my patience, my perseverance, and my mental health, strength. They're my biggest, my biggest armor against all of the craziness that's out there. You know, I, 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 I and I just think about that. Being patient, persevering, having the grit, but keep going, um, and having the mental fortitude. That's the armor that we all need. Because there's going to be times where something that's going to be just like Ms. Ledbetter, right? You, someone anonymously tell you that you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars less than, you know, Joe Schmo with like less experience. That will set you off. <laughs> like you get mad too, right. you know? So, um, you know, instead of like pushing yourself back from your desk and like storming into the office and cussing people out, you know, take a breath be patient and get your coin the other way. Um, well, that's what I appreciate her. about her. Well, that's what yeah. I appreciate about her. She was strategic, right? 
and you're right. She, you know, she found out about an injustice and she went and did something about it. Think about before her potentially how many women just didn't. And, and, you know, working at, you know, Goodyear, I mean, that's a male dominated company. So number one in the seventies, when women, you know, we're, we're just getting out there for the most part into the workforce and really being out there in the workforce. And the fact that she pushed against the status quo for herself and for others, I don't, maybe that was, you know, I don't know, Ms. Ledbetter, maybe that wasn't her intention, but she wanted to do something good for herself because she saw that there was an injustice that in itself is just commendable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, you know, everyone who's listening, men and women, the time to suffer in silence, those days are done. Like, just just don't. Just stand up for yourself, at least. You right. know, I'm not saying you got to save the world. I mean, but save yourself. Stand up for you. Stand up for your right to be treated like a human being, to be valued as you were valued. Not what they think you're valued, but you know your worth. Don't Absolutely. sit there and take less. You know, don't suffer in silence and go go to a job every day that you hate, that you know you're being paid underpaid for. <laughs> like, do right. something about it, right? Like, do something about it. So, um, all right. So, my my last person that I'm going to um, highlight is um, someone that you all may or may not know, but Erica knows this about me that I am a Star Wars, anything Star Wars, cartoon, sci-fi, animation. I am a Star Wars junkie. I have little baby Grogu all over my desk, three stuffed animals of him on my bedside. He's hanging off my like I'm I got a t-shirt. She got me one for Christmas. So she understands that that I'm a Star Wars fan. But I don't know if you all know that George Lucas's wife. Melody Hobson is a black woman. I've I've seen her before. Actually, I've been at an event okay. that she's in. She's amazing. She's amazing. And I'm going to tell you that Melody did not grow up with a silver spoon in her mouth like most of us, right? You know, we weren't like well, well, well off, but we got, we made by, right? We got due. So um, Melody has been known to say that, you know, people have been thinking that her success was a result of being extraordinary. And she said, but the answer is like a little more boring than that. She's like, I just really worked really, really damn hard. I worked really hard. And that quote alone is the reason why I chose her is because she worked hard. It's not luck, It, you know, it could have been she could have put in an opportunity that she took that she she expanded upon, but it was her hard work. So, so Melody Hobson, um, she's a she's a respected president of the Chicago firm called Aerial Investments. Um, she isn't well known for by her contemporaries, but she is undoubtedly a fierce leader who embodies grit. She embodies grit because she she says this ain't luck, folks. I worked damn hard to get to where I am today, but. I wanted to tell you something about Melody that many of you may not know. She grew up without a father and her mother was a pivotal figure in her life. You know, her mother was um, really pivotal in her development and of a strong character. But as well intentioned as her mom wanted to be as a businesswoman, they found themselves to be evicted quite a lot. And so, um, 
her mother's she tried to to do the right thing and start her own businesses, but she just didn't have the practical know-how. Um, and her mother often got her family evicted from homes throughout, you know, Melody's childhood. So Melody's drive is, even though I will never be evicted again, she, she, she will never be evicted again, she's haunted by those times. And that's why she works so relentlessly. Imagine mm-hmm. that, you mm-hmm. know, she's like when she thinks of her career um, and what and, and why I leaned in, it comes down to basic survival. So, you know, her mother had did, you know, her mother did the best she could, like most most parents. Right. Um, her mother did instill in her independence and um, incompetence and humility at a very young age. Her mother was her mom would say to her, <laughs> I love this. Her mom would say to her, you have a birthday party to go to. Well, you can't go unless you planned on how to get there and how to get a present. Mm. Do you know what happens today when people when these kids got birthday parties? They parents go or go on Amazon.com and use their parents' guys. Her mom's like, no, you got a party to go to? Well, you need to figure out how you get in there and how you gonna buy that person a present. Like it's like, I yes, mean yeah, that's... it's 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 totally different way of, of being raised. And so her mom didn't do any of that stuff for her that, you know, most parents do today. You know, she found her own orthodontist, her own high school. You know, she set up interviews and she did her own college trips. So despite the love and concern that her mom had for her, she just didn't have the capacity for all the other things that that Melody needed to do. Um, It was completely outside of her experience, but she knew that she was on top of it, that Melody was on top of it. Her mom instilled in her enough grit and know-how. She's like, look, girl, you know I, you know, you know this is not in my wheelhouse. So you need to get yourself put together to get it in your wheelhouse if you want to do these things. And I respect that. And so that is Melody Hobson. She is the wife of my favorite, 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 favorite movie producer and director. Uh, George Lucas of Lucas Films. He's just beyond imagination. I remember my first time seeing Star Wars back in the 70s, and I literally lost my mind. The 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 aliens, the space. Oh my goodness! So uh, I owe a lot to him, and he's even more 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 um, more important to me now because he married Melody, and she is the bee's knees. So. Mm. Yes, that is, that is, that is, I know. And folks, <laughs> seriously, for real, like, like for real, for real. <laughs> it's not even an exaggeration how much she loves Star Wars and how much she loves and respects George Lucas. No, I'm just saying, no, I'm just, it's, it's not even, it's not even an exaggeration. So uh, lastly, the, the woman I wanted to talk about, this young lady uh, known as, you know, she goes by the mononym Malala. Um, I do not want to um, not pronounce her full name correctly, but I'm going to try Yusafazai, maybe. Sorry, folks out there if I got that wrong, but I'll stick with Malala. She is a Pakistani activist for female education and a Nobel Peace Prize laureate. In fact, she is the world's youngest Nobel Peace Prize laureate and the second Pakistani to ever receive a Nobel Prize. She's known for human rights advocacy, 
especially the education of women and children in her native Swat Valley in Northwest Pakistan, where the Taliban Pakistan had at times banned girls from attending school. So it, it you know, she, if you know her story, I'll just um, kind of walk through it. In October, 2012, she was on a bus in the SWAT district. And after taking an exam, she and two other girls were shot by a Taliban Pakistani gunman in an assassination attempt in retaliation for the activism that she had around women and young and children going to school. The gunman fled the scene. She was hit in the head and remained unconscious in critical condition at a hospital in Pakistan, but she later had to be transferred to Birmingham, UK. And that attempt on her life for seeking an education, right? Seeking an education sparked international outpouring of support. And she really, she was a teenager, right? And um, basically she did recover, obviously, and she became a prominent activist for the right to education. And based in Birmingham, she co-founded the Malala Fund, which is a nonprofit organization. She also co-authored a book, I Am Malala, which has been an, which has been an international bestseller. She received Pakistan's first National Youth Peace Prize. And as I mentioned, she was the co-recipient of the 2014 Nobel Peace Prize. And she was the subject of a Oscar-nominated shortlisted documentary, He Named Me Malala. Wow. When I think about someone who has risen and persevered, she just comes, she, she's just at the forefront of my, her, my mind, a teenager wanting to just go to school, being, you know, the, the, the target of an assassination attempt and what she has done after that upon her recovery to bring more light to that. You know, sometimes we don't think about that here, right? that the right to go to school is is not always a right for some. Sure. That it is actually, um, there are those that don't want women educated, don't want children educated. And she felt strongly about it. She comes from a family of activists that this is so important to her that, you know, she risked her life for it. So to mm -hmm. me, that is the, um, just the epitome of perseverance. It is the epitome of going for your cause, for being an activist. Um, you know, in 2017, she was awarded honorary Canadian citizenship and became the youngest person to address the House of Commons of Can Canada. I mean, she's done so much in such a very short time that we're talking 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a young lady that I definitely want to highlight because she has been through so much and she has done so much based on the experience that she had. So these are some amazing women who have persevered, who have done amazing things and have been resilient towards a cause that they found important to them. Yes. I, I, I think we're just amazing. Women, I, I, you know, yes, we, we're, we're just amazing. And sometimes we forget to toot our yeah, own yeah. horn. Yeah. And we forget well, just how amazing we really, really are. Right. You know, right. I, I mean, there's there's so many more women. And I don't know if you know this, um, uh, Erica, but.
you, you know Mahalia Jackson, right? The, the the singer, the queen of gospel. Did yes. you know that it was during, um, uh, you know that she yelled from the stage, Martin, tell them about the dream, Martin. And that's how the Martin, that's how he started, I have a dream. And I have See? a dream speech. Did you know that? I didn't know. I just found out. Look, I'm telling I, learned, you, people, I was today, people, I was you, today's years old when I found that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, she she was the inspiration for the I have a dream speech and she's 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 it's in it's known that she yelled from this this I guess the stage uh, or the the crowd Martin tell him about your dream tell him about the dream and that's how the, he started the I have a dream speech and it's just yeah. you know yeah. Hattie McDonald McDonald McDaniel who was the first black woman to win an Oscar in the 1940s and she just went she just didn't win it because black people voted for her she won because she was amazing and gone with the win you know it's just I, you know I'm there's just so many unsung hero women out there that had grace and grit. And if you know why we call ourselves the Melman Pearls is because in order to get a pearl, you have to have grace and grit to come out of it. That oyster, a shiny, beautiful pearl. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so what do we want to say? Why, why are we doing this? Right? Because you might be out there going through something or in a circumstance that you might feel that, oh, I can't get out of this, but understand you can. Right. These women that we highlighted today rose against their circumstances to make their lives and the lives of other women better, other people better. So whatever yeah. your circumstance, men or women out there, because we do, True. you know, this is Women's History Month, but we want to focus on all of us. Just realize and know that you are resilient and you can rise above anything. People in our history have done that, that we are reaping the benefits Every day. Of what they have they have done. We are on their shoulders because they decided to make a change that may not, not necessarily they thought that it would impact everyone, but it did. So just, you know, if you need some inspiration, there's so much out there. Like Yvette and I just touched a small, you know, percentage, a small number. I owe a little small people. You didn't even scratch the surface. No. Like it's like an iceberg. Like, like, but like, it's like the top that we just talked about, but the iceberg is like, like 99 many, many miles deep underneath the water. Like it's, Absolutely. there's so much out there people. And, and for me, my hope is, is that, you know, over the course of the, the couple of years that we've been doing the Melon Pearls podcast, that you've learned something that maybe it inspired or sparked interest in you and to learn about some of these amazing people that have paved the way when there wasn't a way. They were the trailblazers of their day so that we can be the trailblazers of tomorrow. So. Indeed. I got nothing else I, to say. I don't know what else to say after that because I'm else. just, yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is it. So we want to thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, we are so grateful that you choose to come and listen to us and listen to what we what we want to share. Uh, and we hope that until you know you join us again, that um, you stay safe and be well. Thanks for listening. Likewise. Thanks for listening. And that's our show. Any samples of media remain the property of their owners. Opinions expressed reflect the individual's point of view, not the Melon and Pearls podcast. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes and Spotify.
If there's a topic you would like for us to cover, let us know by visiting www.melaninpearls.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we encourage you to visualize your best self. Music.